Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast. It has been so long <laughs> since I last said that. Um, long-time listeners and viewers may know that this whole thing started out as a podcast. And it's been, been a while since we last recorded one. But it's back. So this is different because before we had podcasts that would go for hours long and where we would normally hit about two to three topics a week. This time around though, we're going to keep it a little bit shorter and it's going to be focused on just a singular topic. Uh, We're going to aim for like 20 to 30 minutes. The biggest thing this time and the biggest difference between this and our uh, the other videos that I've been doing is that this is going to be really focused on just one topic where I'm going to talk at y'all for almost half an hour. This is also different from the reviews in the weekly because I don't really feel like I have the opportunity to fully go through what I want to talk about in those. So this gives an outlet. And hopefully it's interesting enough for you guys to actually pay attention to. With that said, the topic this week is going to be Crit Was Here. This is the sixth mixtape from Mississippi rapper Big Crit. And this mixtape dropped May 4th, 2010. Now if you're looking at the day that this was uploaded, you'll see that it is May 11th, 2020. A whole 10 years and one week later after it was dropped. So this is basically in celebration of its 10 year anniversary. Plus, Big Crit just announced that he's going to be releasing Crit Was Here on streaming. So everyone gets to listen to it at higher quality than what it came out with. So Crit Was Here came out May 4th, 2010, and it features uh, Wiz Khalifa, Currency, Smoke Dizza, and Devin the Dude, all of whom still continue to work with Big Crit today. Another thing of note is that this project, like most other Big Crit projects, is pretty much fully self-produced. And it's probably also one of the most well-known projects by Big Crit as well, considering that his latest album is titled Crit Is Here. Now, like I mentioned, this came out in 2010. In 2010, I was still in high school, and I think at that time I was really like kind of trying to figure out what sort of music I really liked. I was going through that phase that everyone goes through where they're like, oh, I don't like the mainstream. I only like the underground. The underground is where it's at. Support real lyricism. Lyricism. And you can. That's totally fine. But yeah, <laughs> as I got older, the mainstream is not that bad. Um, but yeah, I was mostly listening to underground music at that time. And typically the artists I would listen to would be like MF Doom, Atmosphere, uh, Slaughterhouse, Razcast, Tech Nine, 
So, a lot of people, just kind of everywhere. And one thing that I've noticed is that I had, I, I was listening to artists kind of all over the place. So I had people from the West Coast, I had people from the East Coast, I had people in the Midwest. But the one region that I didn't really have any music from was the South. And that's not really to say that I was avoiding the South by any means. Like, that's actually not the case at all because at that time, T.I. was still one of my favorite rappers. But it just so happened that I wasn't really paying attention to where these rappers were coming from. And that really didn't become anything that I paid attention to until really the last couple of years. Um, and it's not like I go out of my way to say, oh, I'm only going to listen to West Coast rappers or I'm only going to listen to, um, I'm only going to listen to East Coast rappers. It's, it just happens. <laughs> so when this album came out, I actually didn't listen to it right away. I actually first heard of it a couple of years later or late 2011, I think. And that was from a friend who posted one of the tracks from the album on Facebook. I know it's from this album because I remember the artwork. I mean, the artwork's really memorable. But um, I think the track was Victorious because it was one of the tracks where he was either mostly acapella or almost acapella, which Victorious definitely is. Um, but yeah, it started off <laughs> with that track. And once I heard that track, I was like, oh... I like this. <laughs> and it didn't really, I didn't really care where he came from, but that track was completely him just saying, yeah, I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> now, after I heard that track, I did what anyone who finds a new artist should do and go and listen. I went and listened to the rest of the album or mixtape. Also, I'm going to keep calling it an album because that's what Crick calls it and that's what I'm used to calling it. Um, although it's, I guess, technically a mixtape. Yeah, you know. But, anyways, I went to go listen to the rest of the, the album. And when I first, when I listened to the first couple of tracks, I was, I was confused. <laughs> because you get the first track, which is Return Forever. And that's a very typical southern sounding track. I mean, it starts off with them yelling, It's Return of Forever, Hope! <laughs> it's, it was so confusing to me because I expected more songs like Victorious. But I was like, fine, I'll keep listening. I'll give it a shot. I mean, he might just be the type of dude to do multiple things like that. And it turns out he was. Although that wasn't really evident until later on in the project. Because uh, the next track was Country Shit. And that, I mean, now it's something that I love. But, like, back then I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> so I was starting to feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then when it went to Just Touch Down, I'm like, uh, okay, I mean, this is a little bit better. And 
like I said, that's how I felt then. <laughs> but it definitely tried to start a shift once we got to Hometown Hero. Um, let's see. Once we got to Hometown Hero, it started to click. Because one, he started to slow it down, and that's when he started to bring in kind of like what he's no, well more well known for now. Because Crit is a rapper who is known for mixing southern sound and lyricism, but also heavily uh, sampling, just a lot of soul samples, really. And that's really evident here because there's a lot of soul on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, once it started going over to like hometown here in Victoria, so I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this makes sense. And what I fully gained from this album when I listened to it the first couple times is how inspiring it was. Because Crit on this came with a lot of hunger. He had something to prove. He wanted to say that he's going to be on top. Um, hence the name of the track, See Me On Top. But, like, he was still trying to prove himself. And even, um, like, Crit, then, like, last week, when it was actual anniversary, went to Twitter and mentioned, like, just some of the backstory regarding this album. Uh, he says, I recorded this album in my grandmama's kitchen, and to know that it's a fan favorite to this day, it's different. I put everything I had into making this album. I used was, because... This could have been the last project I put up if things didn't take off. But here we are 10 years later and 10 albums in. I guess you could say a day makes all the difference. Uh, and then he goes on to thank everyone who's been supporting him and supporting the project itself. But it's it's interesting because like he himself was unsure that his career and or this project was going to go anywhere. So, hearing the hunger and how he's rapping on this really makes a lot of sense now. Because there's multiple times where he sounds unsure of himself. And just he's very open, too. Crit's definitely one of those rappers that's not afraid to... Well, not afraid, and also just very comfortable wearing his fears and insecurities on his sleeve just out there for everyone to hear and he doesn't even have to really worry that people are going to think differently of him because of that he doesn't really care <laughs> like who cares what people think like this is how he feels he's going to say what he says this album is just a lot of that like, for example, on the track, on the track something, he, well, the track itself samples Al Green something, which is a really good sample. Um, but the track itself is going into his insecurities with music and how he doesn't think that it's going to go anywhere or it might not go anywhere. Um, and he hopes that people would be able to relate to his music 
um, or just like it <laughs> and relate to him. Uh, he says, in this music and in my soul, the thought that I might not blow, the shit keeps on bothering me, and I don't know how long I can keep on like this. Um, he also goes on to mention other things that just bother him in general, but like that line in particular really stuck out because at this point he was rapping for five years and he had put out, I mean, this is a six mixtape, so he had put out five mixtapes prior to this, but it felt like he was leaving this one for like the major audience. Like this is the one that he's like putting all his work into and he really hopes that people will like. And I think he did a good job because coincidentally, the same month that this mixtape dropped, he got signed to Def Jam. Now that's another story and another issue with him and Def Jam, so we're not gonna really get into that now, but like it, this project might have helped open doors for him with that. Hell, I mean, he said it himself, this project's a fan favorite. Like, and he named his latest album Crit Is Here because he's finally, like, he's here. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Um, but going through the rest of the album, like I mentioned, the first few tracks were very southern influenced. And that's fun. Like, now I actually really do enjoy those tracks. And even Country Shit, which was, I believe, the single for this project, that went on to be remixed um, by Ludacris and Bun B. And I think I think Crit has another track with, Bun, uh, with Ludacris, but it has plenty of tracks with Bun B. And he even produced, or executive produced and produced, a lot of Bun B's latest album. So you can see that the relationship is still there all these years later. Uh, if you haven't checked that album out too, do it. It's good. <laughs> but it's crazy. Like he's he has a lot of he networks a lot in the South. So he he's still around. He's not gonna go nowhere with that. But yeah, going on Hometown Hero. It's this track when I was listening to that really made me start to understand Crit. Because, like I mentioned, the only exposure to Big Crit I had up until this point was the Victorious track. And that track's cool, and it gives you a good idea about him, but Hometown Hero, I feel, actually does a better job. On Hometown Hero, he's basically saying that he's treated as a hometown hero, because there's no one really from Mississippi that's doing stuff like him. And how having that status can be a little stressful. Like he has to kind of live up to expectations. Um, and I mean, I, I think he does a good job because shit, look at him now. <laughs> but then it goes on to Victorious, which I mentioned before. That track, it's basically just gonna, <laughs> it's basically just Crit rapping straight through, and he's saying how he's basically gonna be trying to put Mississippi on the map, because all these other states in the South have recognition, like Texas, Memphis, well, Tennessee, I mean, 
uh, Louisiana, obviously Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia is the mecca. So everyone <laughs> knows Georgia, Atlanta. But no one really thinks of Mississippi when they think about Southern music. So that's what he's doing on this track. And like I mentioned on my John Connor review, uh, if you haven't checked that out, go do that now. Or I wait till I'm done with this, actually. Then do it. <laughs> but on, like, he made, he managed to make a beat that really doesn't sound too crazy. Like, it's a, it's a really simple beat. But because of the way he was rapping on it, it made the song so much better. And actually, a lot of times, like, you need a song that, or you need a beat that accompanies this sort of song. Like, he's just spitting. Like, he wants the main focus to be the lyrics. <laughs> he doesn't... Like, he can he can do the beat. Like, he's already proven that on the first, like, five tracks. And he continues to prove that throughout the album. But, yeah, no, this is where he... Just, he's like, no, this is what I'm trying to do. Mississippi's gonna be on the map. You're gonna see me on top. <laughs> Um, which coincidentally is the next track. <laughs> See Me On Top is exactly what it sounds like. It's a, it's a really, really braggadocious track <laughs> where Chris like, you gonna see me up here. I'm gonna make it up there and then you'll see. Like, he's basically saying to all the haters and all the people who don't believe in him, he's like, I'm gonna make it. <laughs> so... Fuck whatever y'all saying. Um, and yeah, like that's that's where he, like he's still super like braggadocious, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better better word. Um, the album then goes into the next track titled "Glass House," uh, which features currency and Wiz Khalifa. Um, it's honestly not my favorite track, but it is pretty solid. And like I mentioned, like Currency and Wiz Khalifa, they continue to collaborate with him. The next track I've already mentioned is Children of the World. And I really like that track because he kind of takes like a whole worldview, I guess you could say. Like he's talking about everything. <laughs> like he's not just saying stuff about him he's talking about like the state of the world at that point and how um actually he actually says tired of the day forever scared of tomorrow where's a scale i can borrow because living ain't cheap i dropped out of school pops because college ain't free plus college ain't me so he's saying on this track that he could have gone the college route he could have been, he could have been chilling. He could have gotten a degree. Could have been working. Wouldn't have to struggle as much for money. But college ain't free. And I mean, when all your money is really coming from like making music at this point, like that's kind of what you gotta rely on. He also does a really good job of saying like that you don't necessarily have to go for what everyone expects you to do because maybe it's not good enough or maybe it's just not 
as interesting. Um, and personally, I feel like if you're going to be doing something, you should do it because you want to. Like, in the case of this track, let's say, Crit is happiest when he's rapping and making music. So he doesn't want to change that. Plus, like, I feel if you are working towards something that you really want to do, you're going to be making yourself the best you possible. So that that just benefits everyone around you as well. Plus, you're going to be a lot happier. So that's, you know, that's really what matters. <laughs> um, moving on, though. After Children of the World, the next track is titled They Got Us. This first, this is the probably, probably the first time that you really hear a good amount of storytelling from Crit. And he actually does a really good job. There's a couple different situations in this where, like, he's basically just telling the story of a couple people. The main one being this guy who cheats on his girl. And then, like, the person that he cheats on, cheats with, gets AIDS. And she got a family. What's she going to tell her husband? They got us all fucked up. (laughs) And this track actually feels like a prequel or prelude to, um, I think it's uh, What the Fuck We Gonna Do Now on King Remembered in Time that dropped a couple of years after this. This is like, he Crit does a really good job of storytelling in this form of like spoken word. And although this track is a little more wrapped in spoken word, like it definitely has elements of spoken word and like it's there. <laughs> And even the beat too, like it's pretty quiet, so it's it fits the mood of the song really well. Um, and then the next thing, or next track, sorry, is good enough. And I really do like this track too because it starts off with him saying, "Life is funny, ain't it?" Because I don't think this is my parents' dream for me. So, <laughs> it's good because he acknowledges that he isn't doing what people want him to do, just like on the previous track, um, but he's happy with it. Like, this is what he enjoys. He wants, like, this is good enough for him. Like, he ain't got to be... He ain't gotta be like hella rich or like work for something like that. Like he is happy doing what he's doing. And like even if there's stuff happening in life that he can't control, he understands that. Hell, the the chorus says, I can't keep worrying about the things in my life I can't change. Dear Lord, give me the strength to fight the evil in this game. Ooh, I close my eyes and get down on my knees. Pray to the heavens, protect my family. If I leave, that's good enough for me. Like, he's not only saying that he's fine with his current state, but he wants everyone to be 
good. <laughs> um, this this was a good track. I I did enjoy this too. I'm gonna keep saying I enjoy these tracks <laughs> because it this is one of my favorite albums. Um, then he goes on to No Weedies, which features Smoke Dizza and Currency again, and that track's really cool because it's a very football heavy track. And it's really laid back. It's cool to just kind of throw on, like, it, honestly, I don't, I'm not that into football, so I can't say I understand what's happening in it, but, you know, I like it. It's, I feel like it'd be really cool to just throw on, like, at a kickback or at a barbecue, whenever we were allowed to barbecue again, that is. Uh, then he goes on to something, um... Which I've already mentioned. Yeah, it samples Al Green something. And yeah, it's just dealing with insecurities and other issues in his life. Um, then Moon and Stars, which features Devin the Dude. Um, I really like the song too, because it's, it's fun. It's just fun. <laughs> um, one of the standout lines for me was, Stop at the club, forever sure there's some hoes in there. Shaking the ass, looking for players with some dough to share, but that ain't me though. Before I trick, before I trick on busted baby, I'm out of Dito. If you're looking for saving Shoddy, I'm not your hero. <laughs> he does a much better job than I do than at delivering lines. I'm just doing what I'm doing. I'm just reading. It's just a fun track. Um. Then, let's see, the next track we got is Never Go Back. And now I understand, like this one was good because it's just kind of talking about his upbringing, <laughs> I guess you could say, and how just life when he was young, basically the good old days. Um, it is a really good track too. Like I, I can't say much about it, because <laughs> to be fair, like when I listen to it, I, it kind of fades away to me. Um, that doesn't mean it's a bad track. I really do enjoy it when I fully listen to it. But you know, it's just him talking about life when he was growing. Next track. So the next couple tracks, Gumption. Boy, you got Gumption straight up. Um, but before I wrap up, I want to. I really want to get to one of the biggest themes in this album, which is his grandmother. So he has a whole track dedicated to him titled "I Gotta Stay," and that track itself is really emotional because. He's basically, like, he's basically talking to his grandma, who's passed away at this point, and how he want, like, she wants to be there, and he wants her to be there, and he wants to spend time with her, but she's got to go home. Like, she's got to go home, and Chris gonna stay back. As much as he wants to be with her, like, it's. 
it's, you, there's nothing to be done at this point with that. And another thing that really got me on this track is the final part of it. Like there's a, a hymnal that his grandma would recite whenever she was troubled, which he includes on this track. It goes, Now I know what you meant when you used to say, If I had wings, 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 I'd fly away, I'd fly away. Lord, if I had wings, 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 I'd fly away, I'd fly away. And that part was really emotional to me because he, like this is an emotional song already, and then he chose to include something that his grandma would recite when she would get emotional herself. Um, and throughout the project, he continues to mention, like, bring her up and how, like, he it, it's really obvious that he really cared for his grandma because his grandma's the one who brought him up and, you know, shout out to the grandmas. Well, that's about as much time as I got right now, so... Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please like, comment, subscribe. And, you know, tell me what you thought about that, about the album. And definitely check out the mixtape version before the album comes on to streaming. Because I feel like they're going to be two different versions. Also, just kind of go into the comments and tell me why my opinions are wrong. Because y'all do that anyway. Anyways, thank you. I'm out.